Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Everybody say the struggle is real. The struggle is real. Everybody say hashtag. Um, how's everybody doing? I feel like it's a little bit cooler in here. Does you feel the... Delano did something. I don't know what he's got. He's got an umbrella back there. But anyway, um, we are in this series. This is the final week of our series called Struggles. And we, we, we were playing on this idea that social media has somehow introduced us to a whole new world. It's like when the pilgrims came to America, it was a whole new world. It was like anytime we would discover say it was a whole new world and that whole new world introduced itself to all kinds of new issues and problems and whatever. And, and what you may not be aware of is that technology has introduced us to a new world, but particularly the idea of social media. And so we started this series called Hashtag Struggles. And here's, here's the deal. If you don't know why it's called Hashtag Struggles, um, it's because you haven't been here in two weeks. Um, because every week I've been sharing with you like why it's called, ha- everybody say hashtag. So what you do is when you send a tweet, how many are on Twitter? You're Twitter people? Not, see, there's not a lot of Twitter people in this room, but you're how many of you put a, a hashtag on your Facebook post? That's impar- apparently not something you're not supposed to do. So anyway, don't, don't do that anymore. That's, you're not supposed to. But anyway, hashtag is when you send out a message, and if you're tweeting, it's 140 characters or less, or whatever it is, and then at the end of it, you put some cute little hashtag so that people can kind of find what your deal is. And this is an example of, of what it might look like. So this is, uh, is it Marie, or is it, you think it's Mary? It's Marie. So Marie said, sometimes when I'm cooking, I talk out loud to a fake camera and pretend that I have my own cooking show. Hashtag my weird secret. So like, how many know you're weird, right? How many of y'all know y'all have weird stuff that you do, but you don't really want other people to know? Well, these people are just being honest about their weirdness. Here, here's another one. Um, sometimes my dog winks at me and I wink back in case it means something. How many of you ever like with your dog, you got some weird habits with your dog, but you know, people would judge you if you knew about them. This person's just being honest. Okay. Last one. Uh, when I'm done, when I'm in the shower and a sad song comes on, I pretend I'm in a movie and I'm breaking up with someone in the rain. <laughs> Hashtag my weird secret. So anyway, that's, that's their mess. Their message is 140 characters or less, but then you add a hashtag to it. So you can kind of just, that's where hashtag struggle comes from. But what we've been talking about is this, is that in this new world of social media, there are brand new temptations that quite honestly, we were not prepared for. Nobody told us, hey, there's a whole new world and you need to know. And so what happened was, is we fell into all kinds of things and now we're having to work our way out of them. So for example, one of the things that we fell into is, is that social media allowed us to like never before look into the world of other people's lives on a daily basis to watch what they're doing, to watch what they're eating, to watch where they're traveling, where they're going, who they're with. It just watch all of this stuff. And just by default, Whenever you're constantly looking at what other people do, what other people have, where other people are going, by default, you begin to compare your life to theirs. And the biggest problem with things like Facebook and Twitter and Insta and Picto and all that stuff is that ultimately you're comparing your normal mundane life, your everyday life to their highlight reel. So your world never feels like it measures up. And by constantly comparison, we have drived ourselves into dis contentment. We don't have, we're not content anymore. We look at our stuff and then we compare it to their stuff and we're not happy because there's always somebody with cooler stuff than yours. 
Sometimes just because it's different, you think it's cooler than yours. In all reality, if we had a big vote, some people would choose your stuff over their stuff anyway, but it's just different and that makes it cooler. Why didn't I get to go on that trip? And why can't I live in that neighborhood? Why can't I drive that car? Why can't I marry that guy, that girl, that thing? And so we're living in a world of comparison and that comparison, we're literally losing the ability to be at peace and to be content and to be grateful for all the things that we have. Here's problem number two, is that social media has completely changed the way that we do relationships, friendships, the way we connect with other human beings. We are now more likely to be at a coffee table sitting with other people and yet all be on our own devices communicating with people who are away. We are more likely now to be in a room with our family, with our loved ones, And yet we're all on our own devices somewhere else in some other room. And literally there's a phenomenon going around where teenagers especially, because again, they've never known a world where there wasn't this stuff. They literally are growing up in a world and they're almost handicapped by this stuff now because they cannot have actual face-to-face conversations. They can't have healthy conversations. We, we, We had this conversation with some teachers just a couple of weeks ago. And it was these teachers who were at a university and their parents were bringing the kid in. This is, not, this is not like 13-year-olds. These are like freshmen in college. And the parents would come and sit down with the professor or the administrator and would be walking the kid through and talking on behalf of and interviewing on behalf of the child because the child was unable to sit there and have a conversation with another grown-up. And, this, and, then, and then we're in this conversation and she goes, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And this was a business owner. They spoke up and said, I had a person come into my office the other day. The kid was interviewing for a job and the mom came in and sat down to interview for the kid. So again, it's, it's and don't get me wrong, depending on how old you are, like you, you may have lived, you know, X number of years before, because I remember, I was telling my son this, I remember my first computer. So like, if you can remember your first computer, you're old. That's what I'm saying. And if you have never known a world without computers and technology, you're young. And so you, you've never known this world. But you, what, what happens is that sometimes this stuff handicaps you from engaging in or developing certain habits that are just good, healthy habits. And again, one of them is just relational connection. Another thing that social media has done is just redefine how we do friendships as a whole. Because now we have the ability to do friendship purely on our own terms. We can like, unlike, follow, unfollow. We can read the text, not read the text. We can send you to voicemail, then text you back later when we want to. We are completely in control of how we do friendships. Now, I'm just telling you, it's a whole new world. A whole new world. Our band was singing that earlier today. Apparently that's Aladdin. I don't know. But in this whole new world, we've talked about like the relational dynamic. We talked about the contentment. We talked about, I want to talk about something brand new today that I think that we're losing because of social media. And listen, you need to know this. I am not anti-technology. I love technology. When it was 105 degrees this week, did you all thank God for air conditioning? I love technology. I love what phones can do and I love what cars can do and I love what computers can do and I love having access. I'm not anti-technology. But what you're gonna see now is we need to put technology in its proper place to get back some type of what I wanna call an ancient virtue. Let's just dive into the Bible real quick here and then we'll get there. This is Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. The Bible says that Jesus and his disciples were on their way and they came to a village where there was a woman named Martha She opened up her home to him. And she had this other sister, her name was Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet listening to what all he had to say. 
But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that she had to take care of. So she comes to Jesus and says, Lord, don't you even care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Will you tell her to help me? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Everybody say needed. And indeed, there's really only one. And Mary has chosen what is, everybody say better. And it will not be taken away from here. Now, now, like you're probably sitting here saying, okay, Martha and Mary lived in an ancient world. They didn't even have electricity back then, Todd. And you're right. But the principle is this, and it's the same thing that we're into, is that Jesus directly talks to Martha and says, hey, you are distracted. Everybody say distracted. You're distracted about a lot of stuff, and it's not bad stuff. Like doing work is good. Prepping food is good because I'm hungry. Like, that's all good. There's nothing wrong with doing that stuff, but it has its proper place and time. And right now, you're distracted. And right now, there's only really one thing that's needed. And your sister has actually chosen that, which is, everybody say, better. So you got this concept of, of Jesus is in the room and some people are present and in the moment and connecting and other people are just simply distracted. Now, real quick here, let's take a poll. I just want, I'm just curious. The feedback that we've gotten from this series has been phenomenal. The people that, that like, I, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so neat. Oh, this is so huge. Oh, I didn't know or whatever. So, so how many of you real quick have been here over the last couple of weeks? You've been here and you've heard the, the message. Okay. How many of you say, Todd, hey, look, I'm just totally not even into technology. I barely know how to use any of this stuff. And this was really just good to hear, but it's not for me. Anybody's just, I don't know about that. We'll talk, we'll talk later. You're utilizing technology. Anyway, um, how many of you say, hey, Todd, this was, this was pretty good for me. I kind of needed to hear this. This was kind of like, okay, good, healthy. Okay, how many were like, okay, this is super duper for me, straight up, like I got issues. Yeah, yeah. So, no, no, leave your hand up. Leave your hand up real quick. Yeah, this is church. This is church. No, no judgment here, right now at least. Um, so you, you're really, leave, leave your hand up. Gina, did I? Okay, Gina, this is what I need you to do. Gina, I need you to, uh, do you have your phone on you? I need you to bring me your phone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through your phone. I'm going to use your phone to teach everybody what not to do. He's sorry. Did you put an inappropriate message on here? Okay, so, so we're able to put this onto the big screen, right? And so I'm, just, I'm joking. Would never, Gina, I love you. I would never do that. Okay, so, so the, the reason why I ask is because the feedback on this series has been so good because it was almost like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. Oh my gosh, this is so huge. I had no idea I'm just going to keep this. Gina, is this okay? I'm just, just going to keep this. Um, so, why won't that go in my pocket? What do you have? Anyway. So, here, here's what I know is that Martha was busy. Everybody say busy. She was distracted because she was so busy. And what I want to point out to you today is that social media has the ability to just make you busy. And it's an illusion, too. How many of you ever feel like, gosh, my life is so busy. My life is so hectic. How many kind of feel like that sometimes? Like, gosh, I just can't ever catch up. I can't catch a breath. I need more time. I need more whatever. And I just, I just feel so busy. Can I just help you real quick here? Most of your busy is an illusion. Now, some of it's real and you need to create more margin in your life, but a lot of your, your, your busyness is an illusion. It's not real. And the reason why I know that is because there's studies that have been done that show that because of social media, Okay, let's, let's just take a quick poll real quick. How many of you, um, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is check your phone? You check your phone? Yeah, maybe use the bathroom first. Maybe, maybe. 
Okay, how many last thing you do before you go to bed is check your phone. You check, you check. Okay. All right, do not raise your hands. How many of y'all look forward to a bathroom break so you can go and you're laughing. It's nervous laughter. Thank you for just confessing before the Lord. Thank you, Taylor. Um, so so my, my point, how many of you, when you're in line at Starbucks and the line is long, you just do this by default now, or any line that you get to do this by default? Okay, so my point is, is that every time that you get on, let's just take Facebook, for example, what do you do? Because this is what you do, right? This is my emotion. This is, okay, so, you get, so you're in line at Starbucks and you do this, right? And how many of you fly through it pretty fast? You're like, nope, nope, not important, stupid cat video. Nope, nope, fail video, I'll watch this. Okay, and then you're like, oh, my friend had a baby. Oh, this, you know, oh, this or whatever cute puppy, you know, whatever. And you just do this. this. If you watch, and you can, just, you can just test me later today. When you start doing this, what happens is, is that every, every log or every, every post is a bit of information. So you're like, boop, boop. Every scroll is about two bits of information. And how many scrolls are you getting through at just one bathroom break? How many scrolls are you getting through in just one line of Starbucks? And see, what happens is that the reason why your busyness is an illusion is because your mind is tired. It's because your, your mind is absorbing one, two, three, four. And they're unimportant bits of information, but your mind has to process every time they see the picture, every time they read the article, the headline, the whatever, you're logging information. And so what you're doing is, is that you're making your mind busy. This is why your mind feels tired by the end of the day, but yet you've accomplished not that much. Your busyness or your tiredness is an illusion because you're constantly just feeding your brain. Every time you get a break, instead of taking a rest, you take this kind of mind dump right onto the hard drive of your brain and you're just constantly feeding it information. Your mind is tired. Can you think about people that lived 200, 300, 500 years ago? They would have never been able to get access to the level of information that you have literally just by doing this. The information that you can take in in one hour doing this is more information than those people would have gotten on within a decade, if not longer. And so you're, you've got this mind, and so you feel just exhausted. You feel busy. You feel rushed. You feel like you don't have time. What you feel is that you don't have anything, what I would call rest. I'll prove it to you. Let's, let's, let's throw some stats up here. 58% of people said that they won't go one waking hour without checking their phone. Is that, is that fairly true? Like an hour, you're like, holy cow, I can't go 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Hey, you ever do this? You ever go into Facebook, do this, and then you put it down because you're bored, but then 10 minutes later, you're bored, so you pick it back up again, hoping that something unboring will be there? So, I mean, like, I'm kind of shocked that it's one waking hour. It, I'm, I'm surprised it's not less than that. Here's another one. 59% check their email as soon as it comes in. How many of you are Bing junkies? Bing. Oh, my God. Bing. Oh, where's my phone at? Oh, I heard it's in the other room. No, no, you would never leave it in the other room. That would be a sin against technology to leave it in the other room. How many of you get paranoid when it's left in the other room? How many of you ever, hey, we'll get there in just one second. 89% of people check their email every single day that they're on vacation. How many of you are vacation weirdos? Yeah, you don't? Okay, all right, all right. Last one, 87% of teenagers sleep with their phones. Anybody sleep with their phone? Let's be honest. Okay, yeah, you got issues. Um, not nightstand, on vibrate, do not just, I'm talking about like, mm. so 
My point is, is that we're constantly consuming information. We're constantly downloading onto our brain. And we have this idea of just being busy and therefore distracted. Am I, is this relating? Is this registering? Is this? And see, what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is that God wants to introduce this ancient concept to us called rest. Let me, let me read this scripture to you real quick here. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 12, Paul says something so profound. He says this. He says, I have the right... I got rights. I have the right to do anything, you say. But not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Let me say that last line again. But I will not be mastered by anything. See, my point is this, is that what we are all running into is that in essence, social media is so consuming our life our time, our peace of mind, our relationships, that literally we are now being mastered by technology and by social media. So, so I just want us to like put it in its proper place because social media is a great servant, but it is a horrible master. So like, is technology good? Yes. Air conditioning, praise the Lord. Like, like my coffee maker, praise the Lord. Like, I, mean, I love so many things about technology that make my life just so much nicer and so much easier. But technology should be seen as a servant, meaning it does what I want it to do. But it does not control me. It is not my master. Um, I'll prove it to you that some of us, it's our master. In psychology, there is a new phenomenon. This is a relatively new term. How many, a new term. How many of you know that there, there's a phobia for everything? There's a new phobia. It's called this. It's called nomophobia. Has anybody ever heard of nomophobia? Nomophobia is the fear. Let me just make sure I say this right. I don't want to mess up my terminology. It is the fear of being without a mobile device. Nomo, no mobile. Or if you would like to think of it a different way, you ain't got your phone, no mo. No mobile. Or you don't have your phone, you ain't got a no mo. You ain't got that thing no mo. So, 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 Gina, when I take your phone, is there just a little bit of like just anxiety? Just you feel better because you're like my pastor's got my phone. He just saved me. He just set my he just set my prison doors open. So, how many of you feel? How many of you have ever left your phone at work and then had a panic attack when you realized that it wasn't with you? Yeah. You ever like just leave your phone in the other room and you're like, oh crap, what? I gotta go get it. What if a ding happened and I missed it? Bing. And our life is driven by the bing. And what's amazing is, is that on top of this, this is the other thing that's going on that you don't know that's happening inside of your physical body is that every time you hear a bing, literally there are studies that show that your body starts to release dopamine. So basically, this is, and this is why we're so driven, like when we post stuff on Facebook, we love to go see how many likes it got, how many comments it got. It's literally a drug that every time we hear the bing, every time we see how many likes and comments, I'm like, oh, look how many that got. We literally are releasing dopamine into our system. We are junkies. But the Apostle Paul says it really, really clear that, again, I want you to know that technology is good, it's fine, and it can even be, like, used as your servant, but you should never be mastered by anything. And, hey, just so you know, this is a life principle. Like, I don't want you to be mastered by, like, all, like, like how many know money is a great servant, a terrible master? 
But there are certain people that are just driven by greed, driven by ego and the need for more and materialism in their life. Or they even, they're driven by money because they have a fear of losing it. They have a poverty mentality and you're afraid that you'll never have enough. So you hoard and store and you're not generous. And so you're just driven by money. It's a great servant. I mean, like every time you go to the store, you, you need to go and make that money work for you. You know, every time you, you so it's, it's a horrible master. How I many foods that way? How I many love food? I mean, food is just awesome. So it's a great servant. Your body needs food to function, to think, to move, to work, to live. But it's a terrible master when you are owned by your cravings. There's other things like, like that, that drive us, but I want you to recognize that technology is becoming the thing that masters us. We are literally on the dopamine drip, waiting for every being, afraid to be away from our phone. We are completely busy and distracted. And here's, here's where we're going, is that social media is robbing us of an ancient practice called rest. No one said amen when I said that. Um, so like what you need to know is that God, when he created the universe, he spoke it into existence. And on day one, he created this. And then day two, he created this. And then by day four, he's filling day one with stuff. And, day two, and he just, in six days, he speaks creation into existence. And then the Bible says on the seventh day that God rested. Now you rest because you, you need to, like, because you're tired. God rests because he's finished. And so God was finished with creation. He stepped back into this idea called rest. Then when God's people get together, he, he introduces an idea that says the same way that I rested every seventh day, I want you to have what he called a Sabbath rest. He introduced this even into their agricultural society, that literally every seven years they would have to have the land rest. Because you have to let the land breathe. You can't just drive all the nutrients out of the soil. That thing needs to rest. He even gave the nation every seven times seven years, every 49 years, on the 50th year, you would have a national rest. It was a day of resetting everything, even in the government and the, the economics and the social of things. And so th this idea of rest was something that God believed in. And ultimately, here's why. Because by God's design, I need rest to be healthy. How many know like the physical body will eventually shut down? You could even eventually die if you do not get sleep and good rest. My daughter just recently was going through this thing where, um, you know, and, and, and two of my kids had this thing where like their, their tonsils and their atenoids would swell and we didn't know why. And then, you know, we saw a doctor um, for our first kid and they were like, oh, well, basically it's just this and this and this. And so when, when my, my third kid came along and she had the same thing, we were like, okay, let's cut her off these things. We know that this has got kind of an allergic reaction. Well, she was basically having such a hard time breathing at night. Like you could hear her like struggling to breathe as she sleeps. As a parent, it breaks your heart to hear your kids struggling to breathe. And then because of that, she would never get into that deep rest and that deep sleep. And then she would sleep in like crazy, like she's seven, but she would sleep in like a crazy teenager, like that, that type of sleep in stuff. And then all of a sudden we we're like, hey, we got to get to work on this. So we started removing these things from her diet. So, so we knew that was the, uh, the allergic reaction. And man, this kid now breathes so purely at night. But now she wakes up so early. <laughs> but it's this beautiful balance because, see, when you don't get into those deep levels of sleep, you can't get good rest. Let me mess with y'all a little bit more here. Um, one of the things that you guys are running into is because the constant viewing of screens and the way screens are designed, what you need to know is that the light that, that basically shines from a light onto a book, and when you read from a book, that light does not bother your eye. 
because it's light onto a page reflecting off of it. Does that make sense? But when you're reading from a device like an iPad or a screen or a phone, it's not light reflecting and bouncing off of something. It's direct light going into your eye. And because of the way light beams work, and basically all the colors in the scope are coming through light like the sun. But see, when you have something that comes from a screen, it's mostly blue light. So of all the lights on the color spectrum, you're dealing with mostly blue light. And what happens is, is especially when you're doing this stuff before you go to sleep at night, the blue light the going into your retinal, actually, again, it gets your mind super busy. And then basically what happens is, is it's preventing you from getting into the deepest levels of REM sleep. So even like screens on the most practical level are doing things to you that are messing with you. This is so true of kids. Like if you ever watch kids, this is so true. When, when the light comes from the, the, the blue light comes off of the screen for a kid, it's even worse than how that affects them. Because what you'll find with kids is this, is that they'll get locked in and completely zoned into screens, but watch their behavior. As soon as they get off of screens, basically they're usually agitated and irritated and they're, they're wound up and they're frustrated. This is why you your kids will have an attitude right after coming off of a screen. It's because of the way that the light comes off into the retina and the way it makes the mind work. It creates this busyness. As a matter of fact, if your kid struggles with, with like any type of ADA or, or ADHD or any of that stuff, the, the screen's affecting them when they come off the screen. They get, have you ever noticed your kids are kind of crazy when they go off screens? That's, is that only me? Hey, we do this every 21 days in January when we do a church-wide fast. We pull our kids off of screens for 21 days straight. And I'm, I promise to God, when they get off of screens within just two or three days, the imagination kicks in and they will create worlds in their bedroom. They'll create worlds like where they're doing this and building that and doing this and they're engaging with one another. They're board, board games. And, and I'm telling you, just everything changes. And there's something, I'm just telling you, I love screens. I love technology. It just needs to be put in its proper place. So one last time, just to prove, to make sure that, that like you're not resisting me. If you have an issue with technology, specifically with social media, this is the indicator of how you might know if you have an issue. Number, number one is this, if you, if you reply to messages in the middle of the night, if in the middle of the night you're replying to messages, you, you have an issue. If your pet has their own social media page, you have issues. I love you. Jesus loves you. You got problems. You feel anxious and not in control when detached from your smartphone. We talked about that one. Um, <laughs> you sleep with your phone like a teddy bear. You use your smartphone while driving. That's an issue that's dangerous. Stop it. Um, you use your smartphone, social media during dinner or while in company or while talking to a friend. It's an issue. If you come onto your spouse, your spouse, through social media, meaning like you text her, hey babe, are you in the mood, hashtag, whatever, like, like that's, like you, you got issues and I'm telling you that something is dominating and controlling your life and here's what we're gonna do, we're gonna regain and recover and restore our rest. Here's what I want you to do. Number one is this, um, if you're taking notes, rest is, this is how we're gonna define rest, rest is living a life that is dependent upon the presence of God for its satisfaction meaning I don't need to be busy. I don't need to be distracted. I don't have to like have this fear of being away from my phone. I don't have, remember the other one we talked about, like the fear, the FOMO, the fear of missing out. I don't have to like go check it on vacation. I can completely detach. I can be at peace and have the presence of God be my satisfaction that God is enough. Let's read together now. Hebrews chapter four, verse nine. The Bible says, so there is a special, what? 
rest. There's a special rest still waiting for the people of God. He's waiting on them to get off their phones and their iPads. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to what? Enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. So I want to give you a few things that I want you to like do to restore and recover your rest. Are you ready? Taking notes, write this down. Number one is this. I need you to be still. Like, like you're like, Todd, this is like Sunday morning. You got to bring the goods and your best point is be still. Being still is an art. I'll, I'll prove it to you. I was with my kids the other day at a piano recital that went like an hour and 20 minutes. And my kid played for all of one minute, Right? I only care about one kid. I don't care about none of them other kids. I'm sure they're great. I'm sure their parents love them. I don't know them kids. I love them because Jesus loves them. Outside of that, I want to leave. And I'm reminded, because I remember, do you remember being as a kid, like being really antsy at church or being really antsy when you had to sit for long periods of time? And I'm like, dang, I still got that thing. I'm 38 years old. I still feel kind of antsy. And then I look at my son and he's 13. I look at my daughter and she's seven. And I'm like, man, like the seven-year-old's out in la-la land like this. In her own little world, and my son's like, oh my gosh, how much longer? And I'm like, this is, but it's, but I'm telling you, there's something healthy about it. Like, there's something good to being able to have self control just to sit still, to be at peace. How many of you know, like, every time you're in a waiting room now and you sit down, by default, you reach into your pocket and you fall out that phone and you, just, you start doing this? You just gotta know, you gotta check what's the weather, what's the stock, what's Facebook, what's this, what's that. I need to know, I need to know, I need to know. I got the fear of missing out. What if something happened? Just recently, the NBA went crazy with like trades and drafting, and I'm like, every hour, I'm like, did, did, did he go here? Did he go here? What happened? Who's it? Who did they take? And I'm like, into it. I'm like, wow, Todd, you, you have issues. You need to take a break. At some point, you just need to be still. I, I guarantee you, for some of you who are workaholics, for some of you that cannot sit still at all, one of the best practices that you can do is go put yourself into a room, sit down in a chair, and just be still for five minutes. And try it. Try to sit and just be still just for five minutes and see what happens. Here, here's number two. Not only be still, like be quiet. Like, like there's this constant noise surrounding us. We always like to have the TV on. Music is always playing. We're always checking our phones. Like what if we were just really, really quiet so that we could do this? Like we need to like listen. Like that's the next thing I want you to do. You need to know that the voice of God is a still small voice. That God shouts to us in our suffering and circumstances. But when he speaks to us, it's in a still small voice. It's in nothing but a whisper. But when we are constantly doing this and we don't give ourselves one moment just to be still and to be quiet, we don't hear the voice of God. We can't experience the nudge of God, or the unction of God or God moving us even within a conversation with another person or in a room with other people. Like what would God want to do in me and through me or just what would God want to speak to me in this moment? We can't. Here's, the, here, here's number four is this. You need to remove distractions. So like, I'm going to get real, real practical here. Like this is just, you know, this is part three. Usually the last part of any series is like the most practical one. If you never noticed that, now you know. You can pay attention to that next time. Like here, I'm going to give you some thoughts. Number, number one is this. This is what I would do. I would encourage some of these ideas. Like no phone during meals. Like when you're having a meal, which, number, number one, you ought to have a meal. Number two, you ought to have a meal with your family. If it, if it works that way, if your home works that way. And then whenever you can, like have that meal, but then take your phone and go put it away. 
Go put your phone on silent in another room and put it away so that you can be present with those around you. Um, Here's the idea. Your phone has a do not disturb setting. Does anybody know that? You guys knew that? You ever use it? (laughs) No. (laughs) I want you to actually use the do not disturb thing. I want you to put it on a night setting and turn it off. Um, Here's another thought. Like, don't take your phone with you in terms of like, let me, let me put it this way. Take a social media break on vacation. Like many of you already took your summer vacation. You're about to take a summer vacation. It's coming right up. Take a social media break while on vacation. What are you going to miss? What are you afraid of missing out on? I'm telling you, we're being mastered by things. For some of us, the, you remember when I said earlier, like how many of y'all, this didn't relate at all? One person raised their hand and they were lying. Most of us all said, hey, yeah, no, that was legit. I needed to hear that. And some of you are like, no, that was real legit. My life is controlled right now. And Todd just took my phone away to prove it. What I'm telling you is some of y'all, some of y'all need to take like, hey, I'm going to take a 21-day fast. I'm going to take a one-month fast, and I'm going to do no social media. I'm going to go into where like, hey, look, only for, for phone and texting and talking to people. But outside that, I'm going to take a break. And then lastly is this, is I want you to engage spiritually. Like, I want you to recapture this idea. Remember what the writer of Hebrews said? He said, there's a special rest. Like, there's this place that you can be with God. There's this idea of being in the presence of God where he is what satisfies you and you find rest for your soul. So here's, here's a thought. Like, hey, what I would love every one of you to have is to have like a daily Bible reading. Like, what if you found that chair with that room that had nothing in it and was empty of distractions? And then not only did you go and sit in it and be still and be quiet and listen, what if you opened your Bible and just read your Bible? What if you just said, God, I want you to speak to me because Facebook speaks to me too much. I'm constantly, and and let's be honest, of all the information that you gather when you do this right here, how much of it is actually important? I mean, think about that. Give yourself a number. How much is actually? actually important. The number's got to be somewhere below 10%. Easily. It could be down to 2%. How much of it is important? But what I'm telling you is is to be in a room, to be in the presence of God, to open up, have a daily Bible reading, um, have a consistent prayer time, worship God. Hey, here's a radical thought. Go outside. Like I've seen some people like in their summer clothes and I'm like, dang, you white. Them, them legs hadn't seen sun in six months. Like, you need, to get, you need to get out. I got that golfer thing where I got like really white feet, but super tan legs. So anyway, hey, and, and I'm, I'm gonna make, like, go on a hike, go for a walk, go see something beautiful. And then here's the big challenge. Don't take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. I mean, take a picture, but look for yourself. You don't need to post it so you can get back on the drip of seeing how many people like the beautiful walk that you went on. What a shock that I could detach from the world and be at rest with God. Hey, last one. Here's, here's engage spiritually. Like, call some. Remember that thing that you do this with? Call somebody. Don't text them. Call somebody and say, hey, would you like to get together for coffee? Not over, you know, the, the, the computer, but like present in my home or present at a coffee shop and have a face-to-face, what? That would be crazy. Because our temptation would be to go to a coffee shop, sit across from somebody, and us both to do this. 
But what if you said, no, no, let's go have a, hey, let's just go talk. Let's go have a face-to-face. Because I'm telling you, we are losing an ancient principle, an ancient thing called rest. It's the ability to be at peace in our souls. Last scripture, um, the Bible says this. This is Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28. Jesus said this. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? I'll give you that rest. And I want you to take up my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. This is the idea that you, can I give you one more? Just one more quick, quick thought. This is what St. Augustine said. This is beautiful, and I'm gonna close. He says this, he says, because God has made us for himself, our hearts are restless until they rest in him. I want you to know that you are made for rest, that you need rest. How many know your bodies need rest? You you already admit that. Your bodies need rest. This is what you need to embrace and accept. Your soul needs rest. Your soul was made for rest, and it only finds that special and true rest in the presence of God. And for you to fully achieve that, for you to like experience that, you're going to need to cut off to, to like not be enslaved by this thing called social media. Look, and I'm all for it. I love being able to share pictures with my mom in South Carolina and do the, do, do the eye thing and look and have the kids. And I, I love, there's just so many amazing things. My ability to reconnect with old friends from high school, my ability to, to like know what's going on in certain people's lives or people be able to get a hold of, like there's some beautiful and wonderful things. I just don't wanna be mastered by it. Nothing should master my life but Jesus. And when Jesus masters my life, I find rest for my soul. And I want you to experience that. So here's the big question. What do you need to do? Is social media become a slave in your life where it's like something that dominates you, controls you. You feel anxiety when you're away. You feel the fear of missing out. You're driven. You're, You're controlled. I'm telling you that technology has introduced us to a whole new world, but believers in Jesus need to be prepared need to be aware, need to know that their only rest is in Jesus. Let's pray this morning. Father, I pray that God, you would help us. God, to in every arena of life, God, to put you first and to never be mastered by anything, God. To never be controlled, to never like feel the addiction, to feel the craving, to feel the have to and the need to, but God, to bring rest into our hearts. God, we were made for you. We will not find peace in our souls through something we find on the internet or through technology or through social media. It won't. And so God, we come to you today, God. We pray that you would give us the wisdom, give us the courage of conviction, Lord God, to cut things out of our life, to add the right things to our life. God, to pursue you in our heart and mind and find rest in you. Father, we thank you and praise you. And it is in your holy name that we pray. We all said, amen. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.